0: We are in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning verse 17 today. We go through the end of the chapter, verse 23. It's where we'll be in our scriptures from here through the next couple Sundays in the book of Ephesians. So if you are the kind of person that likes to mark things down where they're at and how they go forward... Mark this chapter, last week I asked you to underline a few things in it, and this week we're going to um, pick it up. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. (laughs) That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of God for the people of God. You. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, you've chosen something like preaching to bring your word to us, and I'm asking today, this morning, it'd be in my mouth. In our hearts and in our ears, that we'd be anointed listeners and I'd be an anointed speaker for your glory. Lord Jesus, be glorified now. Holy Spirit, have your way. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. To help us know where we're at in this series, I'm going to do a very short summary of where we've been the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about change and what kind of change God does. Now we know the change upsets our apple cart and makes us want to wonder what's going on. Some of us go into a tailspin because of it. We do not grow, though, in our comfort zones. The mindsets we established early on in our lives, for example, get confirmed a few times, and our sense of reality then sets in. Distorted as this may be, it makes sense to us. We're now in our comfort zone. And we live out of that understanding. We talked about this black box like it was our brain. And that brain for us has all these different memories, files, and what's real and what's not real. And whenever a situation comes, we pull up one of those files in our mind automatically and we know what this situation is or how to respond to it most of the time. only problem is then the Holy Spirit starts meddling and saying some of this stuff isn't very godly. And He wants to change the way we think, the way we act, the way we respond, and how we interact with each other. Relationships begin to change when God gets a hold of us. And then at that time, when God begins to challenge us and we get that conviction that there's something not quite right in our relationships with God or with others or with ourselves even, um, we know that God not only is He meddling, but we know that God's trying to get us to be more Christ-like by doing that. That's what He wants us to do is reflect Christ more and more every day. So what He does, He challenges shall we say, our status quo, but more so, our complacency. Our complacency says things are okay just the way they are. I'll keep going like it is. I'm used to this. I'm comfortable. But God says, i got so much more for you. And last week we looked at uh, uh, the first three P words, uh, purpose, perspective, and priority. And we talked about purpose being that You don't have a purpose God does. You fit His purpose, not your own. He determines your value and your significance. And each moment in your life then is a moment that God can do something great, either through you or around you, if you just be willing to be a participant in what God's trying to do. That makes life less dull, less boring. As a matter of fact, there won't be any more boring moments if you're looking for God in every second of the day. When you begin to live out that purpose, something happens. Anticipation grows inside of you. Every day you will anticipate that you will see God do something amazing, even if nobody else is looking for it. And this will change your perspective, which is the other P word, second P word we talked about last week. When this happens to you, your perspective changes, and it must, as a believer in Christ, As you follow Him, your perspective is no longer what you grew up with, but what you're born again to enter into. And that proper perspective means you're no longer living for you. That's all it means. You're living for Jesus, what He wants for your life. And you'll no longer be content when the Holy Spirit's working on you until you surrender it all. Selfishness, self focused thoughts and behavior goes out the door. When that happens, you begin to see what your priority is. Because you're no longer looking at self-interest, but God-first focus. And that is a priority. And a priority is what comes at the expense of everything else. There is one thing that matters most to you. A priority, simply stated, is what matters to you first. Priority is what you actually do with what you say you believe. And so with those in mind, we begin to look today a little further on in the P words to the word position. Now, position doesn't mean where you're sitting right now, your body posture. You're seated in a position, but that's not what we're talking about. And last week we talked a little bit about a paycheck player. Now, a pay- paycheck player is someone who, who does it for the reward, who does it for what they can get out of it, and they only put in just enough to make sure they get that reward and no extra. They don't have a lot of heart in what they do, or passion. It's like someone working a minimum wage job in a factory that they hate going to. They're going to do just enough so they don't get fired, but not enough to get promoted. They're not going to get noticed for being extraordinary. They're not going to have a witness or an example. They're just going to do what they got to do and go home. Well, I put in my eight hours, and I'm going to go live again. (laughs) Kind of that mindset, you know what I mean? Um... And so their position, if you will, is as a paycheck player, and that's not what God's called you to do. That doesn't inspire anybody to want to be like Christ because of your behavior. But when your priority is in place and it's Jesus alone, hear me, when your priority is Jesus alone, that everything else comes second to Him, you will live out His plan for your life. It just happens. You'll begin positioning in your faith. Now, I want to explain to you what positioning is. It's kind of a simple illustration I have. Anybody ever watch uh, racing at all? Or marathons or runners and things like that? Long distance runners? What they do throughout the race is if their car is good enough, or if their legs are strong enough, they're a runner, they, they move and strategize how they can get to the finish line ahead of everybody else. Now, sometimes you try to catch the draft of the car in front of you or the runner in front of you, so you don't have to fight as much. Kind of like the geese flying through the air, they all fly behind the lead geese because it reduces the draft behind them, helps them have extra lift. Well, it's kind of the same thing. That positioning says that I'm going to do what I need to do to get in a proper place, not necessarily at the beginning or the middle of the race, but at the end of the race, to be where I need to be. So a race car driver will visualize where he wants to go, how he needs to do it, and he'll look at the obstacles in his way to try and get through that crap. Now, obviously, he's got a slower car and he's going to be an <coughs> obstacle we're assuming that this is our faith and God wants us to succeed. If you believe God doesn't want you to succeed or that you cannot succeed in your faith, we have a different conversation going on. But God wants you to succeed in the faith because His purpose for you is what He has for you, and you can succeed in that. He hasn't set you up for failure. There is something God has for you. It's His purpose that He wants you to step into, which we talked a lot about last week. So, when we begin to see that God has His purpose and place for us, He begins to move us in the faith from where we used to be. At the starting point, which is the black box full of all those old mindsets about how God is and the world is and what I'm useful for. And God begins to take that and move us one step at a time out of that into His kingdom further and further. Now the first time that you ever get to be positioned or start positioning is when you give your life to Christ. That's when you say, God, I'm Yours. I belong to You, Jesus. You're my Lord. I'll do what you say. And he's going to say, Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to use you. As a matter of fact, because you've just received my son, you're going to get a dose of joy from the Holy Spirit. It's not going to feel like medicine. It's going to feel like everything's a whole lot better. And you're going to want to talk about it. That's the first position as God begins to give you a witness <laughs> And He begins to put you in a place where you can talk about what God's done for you. And you want to then because you're so excited and you think, well, why didn't everybody get this? Why why didn't everybody else understand this? Come on now, this is is so simple everybody wants to get this. Everybody needs this. And this is what happens when you're brand new in the faith. After a while, you realize the world's still a stick in the mud. And you go, wow. Hey, I don't know if I'm even effective or not. Well, God didn't win them all either. In Jesus. Pharaoh's heart got hardened <laughs> by God's presence and miraculous works. So did the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the, all of those other guys, the scribes. All those folks saw the miracles of Christ, and not all of them came over to him. Matter of fact, a lot of them crucified Christ wanted him out of their hair. Now you see, if you think when you start witnessing and you're not being effective, well therefore it's about you, then you're failing. Please don't think that. God is positioning you to see if you are still witness long after fruit happens. You understand, God wants to grow you where you're at. To mature you. That maturation process is called positioning. And like through a race, a race car driver says, well, I'm going to pass on the outside, or I'm going to go high on the curve and come through, and pass him on the curve. However, He decides to do that. But He does it and God does that for us. Okay, I'm going to move you past this obstacle, which is your questioning whether or not you're effective or not, by you keeping going in the race. <laughs> Keep running. <laughs> a lot of us go, well, why I didn't try. There's no luck. No success. But that positioning period for us is very important. And that positioning is not the same as a, shall we say, the paycheck plan. There's a reason why. Because when we begin to be positioned, there are factors out of our control. Not out of God's control. He knows they're going to be there. And He's moving you in places where you can see those obstacles as your obstacles, but not His. Amen? God can do anything, right? There are obstacles, not God's. There's a mountain in my way, God. I can't get around it. God says, that's easy. God, you don't understand. People don't want to hear me. I can't get people to listen to me. Oh, not a problem. Keep going. Keep pushing. Keep going. Don't quit. I'm moving you. And when you see the answer, you'll go, Wow, I didn't see that. What, what, what happened? <laughs> Isn't that true? That all of a sudden, when God does something, you go, Wow, I didn't expect that. How could you? You have this as your operating system. And God has the entire universe and all His knowledge and disposal. And we don't. Until we begin to trust His purpose for us and His knowledge about our life to move us forward. When this happens, God will inspire you by what He did. God, you got me around. How did you do that? That was amazing. That was a miraculous... Our church got a positioning this last October. He moved us from a place of where we were to a place where we're expecting God to do stuff now all the time. And we're waiting for the Spirit to show up like it did this last Wednesday during real church. It was amazing. It was awesome to see that. And when God does that, you go, Wow, God just showed up. That's inspiring. Not only is it inspiring, it makes you want to go out and tell somebody, look what happened here. Here. To me. (laughs) To me. (laughs) Wow. You ever wondered what it was like to know that God could use you and, and just kind of blow your mind that He even selected you to do that? It's awesome, isn't it? To know that God can use us. It really is awesome. But God begins to position you and when you are positioned, He will move with a bold and inspired, awesome, mind-blowing action. He will move. Now you'll go with Him, and you'll see that God had this set up perfectly. You just didn't know how He was doing it. In Ephesians chapter 1, where we're at, in verse 17, it says, that God's going to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who He is. The revelation happens when you see God at work through you and you know God closer. This revelation is not something you can just think about. God has to reveal Himself to you. In Scripture, it talks about a veil that's over people's minds when they're reading the Old Testament until Christ comes in and He removes the veil and then you can see who He is. This revelation is what that's like. And so all of a sudden, you're reading a Scripture passage maybe and you see something and you go, well, when did that get in there? I never saw that before. How did that verse get in my Bible today and it wasn't in there yesterday. And, and it says this, and yesterday it didn't say that. Anybody ever had that? I've had that a lot. Just three, four, five, maybe six of it. Almost all of us, if you've ever read any time in the Bible, you're going to go, wait a minute, when did that put... I talk about that a lot. <clears throat> well, this positioning that God puts you in requires something on your part, and that's trust. You have to trust that God is putting you in the position where He needs you. His purpose is going to come through you, and you will be successful. God's already promised you will be, but you don't know that until you trust it. Sometimes we call this a a leap of faith. It could be called that, I guess, but I call it trust. And it means I'm all in Jesus regardless of what happens. Regardless of what happens. I'm good. I'm in. You can't do half measures here. I'll do it if God has a position for you. Now listen to this. This is so neat. In a race. Imagine a guy who's in position and he's past the guy and he's now in first. Is the race over? No. Still got several laps to run, right? The race isn't over until the flag flies. We call that the call to drop in our life. But until the flag flies, the race isn't over. The checkered flag at the end of life, at the end of the race, as Paul calls our life a race. So the position he's in first right, does that mean he's done? No, he's still got a lot of race to do. Still got to strategize how to keep the energy and strength going to complete the race and for the person behind that lead driver, which we would be in that position, not to overtake us. In Hebrews 11, it says sin overtakes us and easily sets us back. It's always barking at the door, nipping at the heels. It's always running around in little foxes. <laughs> that sin is always around, and we're trying to position ourselves in God's kingdom, and that sin says, oh, no, no, you got some stuff here in your life, you need to look at not where you're going. It trips itself. Not fun. But it's intent. The enemy's intent is to stop you from believing you're running the race. You know, sometimes when you're in the lead, it's a lone, lone place. Because no one can show you where to go. But God isn't done positioning us just because He's moving us forward. He our life. He has a bigger picture in mind. And it isn't about you being first. It's about the position he has you in to get you into a greater position of authority by your faithfulness and will give you more responsibility. Now you say, well, what do you mean? For example, in our life, God gets us into a position for for our churches a good example. He's got us into a position where he promises favor, success we out of Spirit, miraculous works and signs, and and being faithful to that doesn't mean that's all He's going to do. There's a whole community around us yet that's hungry for Christ and doesn't even know He exists. We learned that there are 400 people within two miles of this church that don't go to church anywhere. 400. We could use 20 or 40 of them in here. Get them all fired up for Christ and then those could be in the next 40. Sooner or later, those 400 would be all... Fired up for Christ and plugged into churches and in fellowship and reaching people further away from them and grow this power in God's revival and spirit of holiness around us so that our whole region gets cleaned up and crime rates drop and people start feeling Jesus everywhere. That would be awesome. We just got positioned to start the race. When you're running in first place, it means you lead. not, you're done. You're not done. You're leading everybody else Show them how it's done. They're going to see your example of how to do it right. If you fall up and fail or mess up, they're going to be on your heels when you get into it right. You must not be a Christian. You must not be running this race right. can't follow you anymore. The enemy's always trying to destroy your witness. Always. And that's what happens. So God keeps positioning us further and further into the kingdom. Showing us more and more of who He is so we never get complacent with where we're at in our faith. God knows you. He loves you. And He will not use you beyond your surrender to His plan for you. If you don't surrender to it, He can't put you in it. You cannot be a paycheck player Christian. Paycheck player Christian looks like this I'm a member of church. I go Sundays. I got saved when I was younger. I'm good. Paycheck Christian says this I don't even need to go to church. I can get Jesus wherever I'm at. Christianity is not about you, not about where you're at. It's about where God is. You need to be where He is, putting you into ministry, serving others. You can't serve others by yourself. I upset a a member of my congregation one time who said he's going to miss church four or five of the next Sundays because he's got a golf tournament. And I said, Well, what about church? He said, Well, I'll worship God on the golf tournament at the golf course. And I said, Really? So, uh, who are you going to bless out there? Who are you going to sing hymns with? Who are you going to praise with? And he said, Why would I do that? I'm just going to worship God while I play golf. Do you understand? That is a very selfishly motivated paycheck type of faith. It's about what I want to do when I want to do regardless of what God wants me to do. We haven't surrendered when we talk like that. Christianity is not about what you can get out of it. It's about becoming a servant. You say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Jesus did. Jesus said, you want to be a leader, you serve. You want to get somewhere in this, start washing feet. Start finding ways you can minister to people and help them out. This is the position of humility. Of response to a God who loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son. And all you can say is, I just want to do the same for others. To show them how much I love them. I'm going to give what I got. Most of us like to determine the conditions of our engagement in God's work. There are no room in this faith There are no rooms for you to go back into. No way to back away from God. You must be fully invested regardless of the cost. Regardless of the situation and regardless of the pain that might be involved in following our Lord Jesus. Here's what I can say. Cut the strings. No strings attached to your faith. Never turn back, and you will find the amazing power of God active in and through you. This is why position is directly opposite of being a paycheck player. Only God can position you to where He needs you to be, but He can't take you further than your level of commitment and surrender will take you. Paycheck player determines their level of engagement. A Christian who's walking on fire for Christ says, uh, I don't care where you go. You've selected me. I, thank you. I'm there. So if you want all God has for you, then you must give God all you have for Him. I don't think you heard that. If you want all God has for you, you must give all you have for Him. All you are for Him. Training your all for God's all is a great bargain. (laughs) The difficulty for most of us is we want to know what it looks like ahead of time. we want to know the cost... And that is the paycheck-reward relationship. God, you tell me if I want to do it, I'll do it. If not, I won't. That's not surrender. God doesn't use that kind of person very often. To not know, to have no idea what God's going to do, but to trust God that He will come through in a great way and then act on that trust allows God to position you for what He has in store for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we read the following verses. It says, What no eye, no one ever saw or heard, what no one ever thought could happen, is the very thing God prepared for those who love Him. Next verse. But it was to us that God may known His secret by means of His Spirit. The Spirit searches everything, even the hidden depths of God's purposes. God has a purpose that He's planned for you alone. It's not your purpose, it's His. And when you begin to surrender, you'll begin to see the great things God's going to do in your life and through you. It won't be because you could do it. As a matter of fact, when this stuff started happening around here, I'm going, I don't know how it's happening. I'm not doing this. This is God. It has to be God because four days before that, it wasn't happening and I didn't do anything different just surrendered a little bit, and then a lot of it, and then all the way. God has prepared these things just for you. Nobody else can fit God's purpose for you. And when you see that happen, and God shows up, you won't question whether or not God is with you. You will not question whether or not God is blessing you or you're useful for His kingdom or whether you matter. You will not question that because you'll know because you've seen it. I have that testimony. I've seen it here. It's happening every time we come here now. And it's amazing how God keeps opening things up. I don't question whether God can. I know He is. That's the position God has us in when we no longer question whether or not He's real. Whether or not we're useful. Whether or not we matter. God says, you do. Settle that. Then you can boldly go forward and say, God has a purpose for me. I'm going to find out what it is. And until I do, I'm not resting. I'm going to keep looking for God, seeing where He's moving me to, how He's moving me, and I'm going that way, regardless of what else my skepticism, <clears throat> skeptical mind might think. This thing doesn't work for God's kingdom. It's the heart, the passion for Christ that He uses, not the knowledge or the skill set. Your love for Jesus is first. He can qualify you. He can remake you. He can give you talent and gift ability that He needs you to have. You will know When this happens, God is with you. You will know, Emmanuel. You will know the presence of God. And I share this with you as a closing thought. When you know the presence of God is with you, you'll be more confident than the Israelites going through the desert for 40 years. Get this. Pillar of fire by night, cloud, by day, never left, ever. Always there 40 years, and they still questioned whether God existed. They still didn't trust Him. It became complacency in the presence of God's greatness. God is trying to position you so you can see all His greatness one piece at a time. And when you see that happen, you're not going to go, well, I wonder what I can get out of it. (laughs) You're going to say this, what else can you do? I want to see more. You just started, God, because this was easy for you. And for me, I couldn't do it. That's awesome. And I'll tell you what, once that happens, And for most of us in this room, you're getting to see it firsthand here in this place. Now that it's happened, you don't have to question whether God's here. And that's the greatest gift He can ever give us. And next week when we get together, we're going to talk about that presence of God and how that comes forth in our lives. And we don't have to run alone anymore. And this morning I want to challenge you. And as we continue to go through our lives this week and throughout this Christmas season that you never ever question that you have a place in God's kingdom and a position that God's moving you into. And you will succeed in that position. You may lead the pack or you may be back in the back, but God still has a way for you to get around so that when you start making the move God has moved you into, people are going to see that and say, Oh, he's in the back of the pack. But he's moving up. Wouldn't that be awesome if we had a. I don't know if. I don't even know if I didn't think of this, trying to do this, so I may mess this up. But what if we had a commentator in our faith walk, you know? And we had maybe Sunday morning we got here comes Joe walking in the door getting Ray to Sunday school. He's pouring out the Word. And there's uh, Russell getting some blessing and he's praying. And, and now here comes Larry Joe and he's got the fire of an anointing. Oh, they're moving up. There comes somebody else to the door and they're kind of dragging down. But oh, there comes the Holy Spirit. They're starting to lift up. Or would you rather hear, here he comes through the door, going to teach school like he did last time, Russell's going to pray like he did before, Larry Joe's going to say he's anointed, and here comes somebody else through the door, going to wonder why everybody's falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that would happen here. <laughs> but you know what I mean? If we had that kind of commentary, our lives we would be going, he's dropping back for the throw, he's got the gospel, he's putting it up there. Someone just came into the kingdom. Praise the Lord! I like it. I got a touchdown. Hands up! Look at that! And here's the extra point. His family's coming too. Amen. Do you wonder if God's done here yet? I'll say no. Next week we have a new family starting. Um, Junior's finishing up Lifeline. He'll be here next week with his family. They're excited. They found a home where they can worship God and feel love. I'm telling you, that's a positioning. And God says, how are we going to continue this race running it? We are successful at it, so let's continue going forward. Oh, by the way, I forgot this part. best part of the sermon, I think. If you do what God wants you to do this week, He'll double your salary that you got this week from the church. Not mine, yours. He'll double it. If you're a paycheck player, we'll double your salary here. If that'll make you feel better. uh, You all know that we're here because we love God. And if you're faithful, your love will double. And your fruit could be 60-fold and 100-fold. And that is the best reward is to see God using you for His kingdom. You'll never see anything like it elsewise. And that's a promise. But you can't do it halfway. Would you pray with me? (laughs) Heavenly Father, let us not be content and complacent with the way things have been. All our lives, our minds have said this is the way life is, but You said, I've got You for more than that. I'm moving You out of that into something different. God, whatever that something different is, you prepared it. No eye has ever seen or heard it. But Your Scripture says that what no eye has ever seen or heard, You have prepared for those who love You. And Lord, let us love You with all we are this morning. Let us see Your glory in this place. And we give You thanks that You've called us and said, we are more than just useful. We are a witness of Your Son. Amen. I don't know about you, but I really like this P words. We're-